guys, it's Rami. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Score North Live. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North mobile app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you only have time to listen to one segment from today's show, here it is right now. Remembering Kobe Bryant. Have a good time. Enjoy life. And it's um, Life is too short to, to, to get bogged down and be discouraged or... Um, you have to keep moving. You have to keep going. Put one foot in front of the other, smile, and just keep on rolling. Welcome back into Score North Live. This is Matthew Collar now in. Phil Mackey was uh, here before. Chris Long with us as well. Hi, Chris. Hello. You're filling in today for Rami Makhlov. Appreciate my, you doing that. My pleasure. I was uh, happy is probably the wrong word, but when I uh, got the text that uh, you guys want me in today, this is a good day for me to be behind a microphone. And uh, a good time to bring in someone who can shed light on Kobe Bryant and the reaction from the Minnesota Timberwolves. He is their broadcaster, also a former coach for the Minnesota Lynx as well. Kobe Bryant with uh, great connections to the WNBA and women's basketball. Uh, We welcome in Jim Peterson. Hi, Jim. How are you? Good, Matthew and Chris. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing okay. We're doing okay. I think the yeah. shock is wearing off of uh, what we went through yesterday, and now we're just sort of having to uh, deal with it. Maybe you could start, Jim, by just telling us about your feelings yesterday and uh, just what you went through. I'm sure you were on Twitter like everybody else and saw the news. Uh, what was yesterday like for you? I mean, I was sitting at brunch with my wife, and uh, the, actually the head coach of the Iowa Wolves, Sam Newman Beck, um, and his wife, we were sitting at lunch and I got a phone call from actually one of my Lynx, uh, guys, team guys. I used to organize all the guys that would come and practice against the Minnesota Lynx and they were all, you know, college players and high level players. And, you know, and so right now they're probably in their, all, all in their like mid thirties now, but like when I first started coaching in 2009, like 10 years ago, they were all like young kids. So Kobe Bryant was their guy, you know, Kobe Bryant is their Michael Jordan. So Rayshon is the Rayshon Willis is the guy that called me. Um, Rayshon is the biggest Kobe Bryant fan that I know. He's, he's such a huge fan that um, he would stream Michael Thompson's radio show from LA. Um, he would listen to it every day because he just wanted to get Laker news and, and Kobe news. And so Rayshon, he, he called me at brunch and I ignored his call the first time and he called me back and I ignored it again. Um, and then he called me a third time. I was like, okay, Rayshon's calling me. Something must be going on. So I uh, answered the phone and he's like, Jim Pete, he goes, Kobe died. And I was like, I was like, what? And so, I mean, like when you hear something like that, you just go, like, I just, you can't even wrap your mind around it. And then, um, he talked about the helicopter crash and, um, you know, Michael Thompson, uh, who does their radio with the Lakers, has been, uh, he was in Minnesota with the Timberwolves for a couple of years, but then he took the radio job with the Lakers uh, back towards the end of Shaq Kobe. Um, so he went back to L.A. probably 2003, 2004, the season, the year that Minnesota played them in the Western Conference Finals. That was Michael's first year back in L.A. broadcasting games. So, so I, you know, Michael is like one of my dearest friends. So like I've been talking about Michael, about Kobe Bryant to Michael Thompson for forever. And, you know, all the things that Michael Jordan meant to the Lakers and we'd always debate about who's the bigger, um, bigger name in LA. Is it magic or is it Kobe? And, um, so I texted Michael yesterday. Um, and he, you know, you saw the video of LeBron James, like 
on the tarmac mm -hmm. getting off the plane. Yeah. They were in Philly. And so I texted Michael. He didn't text me back until he landed. So I don't know what kind of Wi-Fi system they have. Like, we have Wi-Fi on our planes. Like, you can, you can text message and see the Internet, like, up in the air. And I don't know if theirs wasn't working, because there, there have been situations where the Internet isn't working on your plane. Like, sometimes it'll just malfunction. Michael didn't get back to me until they landed. Um, and so he just was completely devastated. Um, and, of course, because, you, know, you know, he's been with the Lakers for a long time and knows Kobe very well. And, you know, Michael is a former Laker, so he has all this perspective and stuff. So, anyway, I've been, you know, I've been, pr I've been privy to a lot, you know, obviously covering Kobe. You know, Benz and I did the game here at Target Center when Kobe passed Michael Jordan um, on the scoring list. Um, you know, just been watching him play for a long time and, and you know, being around him just like, uh, you know, from, from a professional standpoint. I don't know Kobe personally. Uh, but I know a lot of people that do know him personally. And so it's just a, it's kind of like when Prince died, you know, like we, I know exactly where I was when I heard Prince died. I know exactly where I was when Malik Seeley died. Um, you know, we, we have some experience when Flip passed away. You know, I know uh, when I heard Flip had cancer and then when he actually passed away, it's like we, we've had some tragedy. Um, I think the most important thing for me, though, is to find some meaning through all of this. And I think that's kind of where we, we're at. Like, you know, there's a grieving process. But at some point, you've got to find out for yourself what this all means to you and how you prioritize your life, you know? Yeah, this Chris. One of the things that's sort of in the last 24 hours, it's, you know, you think about a person's career when they retire and, and, and you know, Kobe Bryant had a 60-point game and then a lot of the, the memories came back at his jersey retirement when he gave that incredible speech that was directed toward his daughters. I made this point in the first hour. You nailed, you touched on it. I feel like everyone had that same initial response. It was disbelief. It was immediate. I saw players, you know, I saw a tweet from Paul George. I saw uh, friends of mine that I had texted. Hey, did you see this is going on? It was everyone. It was disbelief. And some of that comes, well, most of that comes from the fact that, that the man was 41 years old. But we're in the business of... And, and a lot of people have a problem with it, and we, that's a different discussion for a different day, but we, we, we build these icons. We build these heroes, and they, they earn it. They deserve it with what they can do. Um, and that Kobe did it better than almost anyone that's ever played that sport. There just is that sense of immortality. And you get that text, or you get a phone call, or you see the headline, and that immortality just gets shattered. Uh, yeah, Prince is a perfect example. And you mentioned Malik Seeley. I remember that when I was working up in Duluth, too. But it, it's just it, that shock. You're, you're just not ready. I, I made the point. When you, when you woke up yesterday morning, the fact that Kobe Bryant wasn't going to be around at the end of the day was not a possibility. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, um, if you think about... Um, We've lost a lot of NBA players here over the you know past few years. I mean, go back and look at um, all the players that passed away just in 2015. Um, you know, it's pretty it's pretty incredible when you go through the list of of names. Um, you know, Moses Malone passed away in 2015. Um, you know, I don't know if you remember Jack Haley, but he passed away in 2000. Hot Rod Williams, the guy that the the um, the one that played for the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers passed away in 2015. There was, there was a big thing um, um, at that time with um, heart health, and I got the, I just was looking for the list. So the, um, 2015, 
Moses Malone, Hot Rod Hundley, Anthony Mason, Jerome Kersey, Daryl Dawkins, Dolph Shays, Hot Rod Williams, Earl Lloyd, Roy Tarpley, Dave Myers, and Jack Haley all passed away in 2015. Now, Man. you know, not, not, I mean, that's a pretty incredible list. And there were more names. Those are just the names that people would recognize. Um, when Pete Maravich passed away, uh, when Reggie Lewis passed away, um, um, you know, they're just these guys. You know, I'm, I was talking to Marnie Gellner uh, at Shooteron today, and we were talking about Roberto Clemente. You know, like like that one was kind of like similar to Kobe in terms of like you know you know just the shocking nature of someone passing away in a plane crash. You know, at, at kind of the height of his abilities. But um, I don't know. It's like it's just it, there's there's no way to sort of um, sort of rationalize like what makes sense of it in terms of why it would happen. Like why people are asking why Kobe, why, you know, is like they start questioning whether there's a God or something, you know, like, like why would God do this to Kobe? Like, I don't think you would think that's the question. You know, the question is more like, you know, we know these things happen. You've got to find meaning in it. And like when flip, when flip passed away for me, when Flip passed away, I had to find meaning in that because I've known Flip since I've been in eighth grade. And so at that time, I was coaching the Lynx and I was broadcasting games and I was dovetailing seasons and I literally didn't have a life. I, you know, because I would always have to say no to my friends because I was always working. I was always traveling. I was always in the air. I was, you know, in a city. I was working at night, you know. Um, and so I did that for eight years where I dovetailed season and I missed a lot of stuff. I missed a lot of things. And so when Flip passed away, I was like, you know, I need to like take some time and like start enjoying life and, and I need to connect with my family and, and do more things. And, and so I found meaning through a tragedy. I, you know, I just, uh, Debbie Saunders was just on our team playing, um, from Minneapolis to Cleveland when we played the Cavaliers and, uh, Debbie is still like, I mean, like, it's like, that was one of the cr- most crushing things. Like she, like she'll, she, she's never going to get over that. Like it's still super painful for her. So you know, I just think that it's important for us to find meaning in these kind of moments. And it sometimes is difficult, but there's, there's a way that you can do it. And, and, you know, maybe it's just the fact that you like reprioritize your life or you just love your wife more, or you love your kids more, or you take time to enjoy life more, like whatever it is, like you've got to find meaning in these moments. The hall of fame class is going to be announced in the all-star game. Right. And Kobe Bryant was going to be in that class no matter what. And it was already going to be amazing with Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, uh, Kobe and whoever else gets in. Um, I hadn't heard that a lot until late last night. Somebody made that point. I went, oh, man, that's a good point. So I just want to turn to basketball just a little. Phil Mackey and I were just remarking that Kobe had so many fans, but also, and and you're much closer to the game than I am, so I want your, your take on this. He liked being the villain. He liked being the bad guy. He He, he kind of accepted that black hat. Definitely early in his career when it was kind of swagger, and then he sort of won a couple championships, and it became backing it up. What was it about him? And I've heard, you know, within the last twenty four hours too, that until very late in his career, he didn't have a lot of friends in the NBA because they were competitors, and that's that's from kind of that's how it was back in. The, that's a throwback to a, a, an older age. What of those things, and and what else? allowed him to be just this transcendent basketball player? Well, I mean, you know, it's just like, I, it's, he, he's counter to, I mean, obviously, you know, we like equality of opportunities. I think that 
the problem that I kind of have in sports and the way that uh, things have been kind of dumbed down from the standpoint of like, like people want a quality of outcome, you know, it's like they want everybody to kind of have like everybody wins a trophy. You know what I mean? Like, like I think that that's so counter to how Kobe operates as a, as a person and as an athlete. Absolutely. And I think, I think, I think there's a lot of athletes that are wired up that way. Like it's about the competition. You know, it's not about getting a trophy. It's not about, it's a bit about, it's like, oh, it's about overcoming obstacles and squeezing out every bit of, op, every bit of ability you have um, in, in you as an athlete. So like for me, like, you know, I always wanted to be Kevin McHale. You know what I mean? I always wanted to be Kevin McHale. I wanted to, you know, um, score 20 points a game and I wanted to win championships like and play with the Boston Celtics. I wanted that, I wanted that same career arc. Well, you know what? Sometimes life is made up of second chances and second choices. I'm going to be the best player that I can be within my team structure. So I was going to be the, the Kobe Bryant of my role. You know what I mean? Whatever my role was on the team. And yeah, I was a really good player when I was in high school. I was a McDonald's All-American. I got a scholarship and I could have gone to any college in the country. Um, we all want to be these things, but um, you've got to just try to squeeze out every bit of, of, of ability that you have. And so I mean, I didn't have Kobe Bryant ability. I didn't have Kevin McHale ability. But I tell you what, I, I worked as my ass off, and I tried to get the, the, every bit of ability that I had. And I think that's what Kobe did. Kobe squeezed out. Like, like there are players you look at and you go, that dude doesn't give it like his all. He doesn't play hard every night. You know what I mean? Like, there are guys you can objectively look at and go, that guy is not squeezing out every bit of, of ability out of his. And I think that's what made Kobe Bryant different. That's what made Michael Jordan different. That's what made Magic Johnson. Like, all these great players – what makes them different is that they're able to take whatever ability they have and let, let them have I mean, incredible whatever it is, like either athleticism, uh, fast-twitch muscles, um, being able to you know, think the game and figure out angles and how to play the game. And, uh, and I played with Chris Mullen. Chris Mullen wasn't the athlete that Michael Jordan was, but Chris Mullen was just a genius when it came to angles and being able to you know, maximize his shooting ability and do other things. You've got to maximize, and that's what Kobe did. Kobe maximized. I think everybody can recognize his greatness was based on his work ethic and his competitiveness that he wanted to like be better than you and beat you. He didn't want anything for free. He didn't, you know, it's not about like giving him a trophy. He was going to take it and earn it and, and win it. And there was nobody that was as competitive his, as him on a night in night out basis. Talking with uh, Jim Peterson, Minnesota Timberwolves TV analyst for Fox Sports North. Uh, Jim, I'm wearing my WNBA hoodie today um, because Kobe Bryant, one of the great things that I think he did was to highlight the women's game. And, of course, his daughter passes away with him in the helicopter. You were a coach uh, for the Lynx for a very long time. I mean, what what did you think of the way that Kobe impacted and um, you know, put some of the uh, the you know the WNBA gear on that he would wear, and, and he would be at games, and he would be with his daughter, and he'd be at UConn games and things like that. Because I I think that that is one of the things I'll wonder about is how he and his daughter could have helped uh, raise up the level of the WNBA and, and women's basketball going forward that will never get to happen now. Well, that's a great question. You know, I think that um, one of the things for me, I I, I subscribe to ESPN Plus. And one of the things you get with ESP, ESPN Plus, I don't know if you guys have ever watched um, his detailed yes. yep. um, programs. Like mm-hmm. his, his, he breaks down various athletes in a very, like you know, um, in a very meaningful way. Like he'll spot shadow things and like things like show you like 
just aspects of a player's game that makes them different and makes them unique. Well, Kobe did that with not just um, WNBA players. He did it with college players. Um, and he did it with women college players. Um, he, he would sit there and break down these great college players and break down their games and talk about what he loved about them and what made them great um, in such a respectful, meaningful way. Like, he, like he's, you know, he's not just like he, he wanted to help young girls understand the game too. Like, um, and I just really had a lot of respect for the way that he went about all of that. Like he could have just done NBA players. He could have just stuck with the men's game. He could have done that. But, you know, I think having girls, having four girls, like, helped him, like, maybe want to synthesize and want to do more for women's sports because of that. So I got a lot of respect for that. I think a lot of, like, coaches and players that have daughters, um, like, it's, it's one of the things that I have a lot of respect with David Stern. David Stern would never let the WNBA die. You know, there were, there were times when the WNBA was on life support, you know, and, and in some ways it still is. Um and so, like, Adam Silver's kind of picked up the mantle of David Stern and, like, is, like, taking, like, they, they are going to try to expand this game and make it better. And I think Kobe was, like, on the precipice of doing some really great things and partnering with the WNBA and giving it a higher profile. And, like, what he was doing with uh, his Mamba Academy and, like, the fact that he was going to co- coach his daughter's team. You know, mm-hmm. he was, like, 100% committed to the women's game. I'm just, it's just, I mean, that's one of the great tragedies is that, where could Kobe Bryant have impacted women's sports and women's basketball to give it a higher profile and make it even better? So I'm, I'm telling you, like, you know, having been a coach in the WNBA and, and to have been around Lindsey Whalen and Rebecca Brunson and Maya Moore and Simone Augustus and Sylvia Fowles and to be with Cheryl Reeve uh, is one of the greatest things I've ever done. And, like, no one will ever be able to tell me that what I witnessed the experience with that, with the WNBA, wasn't, like, great because – I mean, being able to see Lindsey Whalen compete on that level and see the greatness of Maya Moore, like, like I've just, I've been around a lot of greatness in my life in mm-hmm. basketball, and those women were just as impressive in their own way than anything I've seen on the men's level. And that's, that's what I love. I loved everything I saw from Kobe, like with his daughter courtside, you know, like all that stuff that you saw was just gold to me. And like, it showed you that he had a heart of gold and, and what he was as a man. And I think being a great dad is like one of the biggest testaments and things that, that you can say about a person. We played the clip earlier. Kobe Bryant was on with Jimmy Kimmel and said that fans will come up to him and say, Kobe, man, you gotta, you got all these girls. You gotta have a boy. We gotta get somebody <laughs> to go to the NBA. And he said his daughter, Gigi, jumped in. She's like, whoa. I got this. I I, I got the legacy. I'll take care of it. Yeah, That clip was another one of the many who just kicked you in the gut over and over yesterday, which which made it a very hard day. Jim, we've taken up a a lot of your time here. I I just want to ask you, just to wrap this up, you were talking about finding meaning in this. Uh, It's it's something that, in my lifetime, I I don't know of too many of these uh, that have come as such a surprise and also affected everyone the same way. Even talking to people in the building here just today, I mean, everyone has the same sort of sadness. Um, What what has been on your mind about the meaning? Maybe you haven't found it yet, but as uh, I think we all look for something to learn from this and take away and go forward, um, what is your thought? Go buy season tickets to the Minnesota Lynx. Go, go buy season tickets to Lindsey Whalen and go watch women's basketball and support that. You know what I mean? Like, find something. Go coach a girls' team. Go if you're, you know, um, you know, do something that, that, would, that would make the game better. You know what I mean? Um, 
And I think that, like, supporting the women's game um, would be a great testament. It's like, you know, on Martin Luther King Day, you know, it should be, you know, we all should, like, think about having a day of service, you know. That's what comes to mind when you think of Dr. King. Well, with Kobe Bryant, you know, the game of basketball um, um, and, you know, giving back to others in that way. Like, and I just think the women's game might be one of his biggest legacies. You know what I mean? Like, all that he stood for and the way that he loved his daughter so much, like, that could be one of the biggest things you can do. So, supporting women's basketball, for me, if you're asking me what, what there's one thing I can do, that's one thing I can do. As a father of two daughters, Jim, I love it, my man. And as the uh, husband of the Lynx play-by-play <laughs> broadcaster, I, I appreciate yeah. those comments as well, Jim. Uh, well, I know it's a tough day for everybody to uh, talk yeah. about this, and you've been extremely generous with your time and, and great insight, Jim. So we appreciate you coming on, man. Hopefully the next time we talk, it's about something a little more fun. Okay, guys. Thank thanks, you. thanks, Jim. I'll see you, I'll see you during it tonight. Jim okay. Peterson there, the uh, Timberwolves TV analyst uh, at Jim Pete Hoops, if you want to follow him on Twitter.